0: With David Ian and Kate Dale. The show
1: that plums the depths of mediocrity, celebrates the ordinary, and enjoys the everyday. Hello everyone and welcome to Mediocre Gay, the podcast. I'm Kate Dale. And
0: I am David Ian.
1: So David, tell me about your week, what you've been up to. Uh,
0: I have rediscovered Celine Dion this week.
1: I can't believe you lost her in the first place. I'm judging you for that.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, I didn't lose her, but you know how sometimes you end up listening to other people like Taylor Swift's new album, all of that. Um, And then I randomly had her, like she played on my uh, non-specific sound system. Right. Alexa. And um, (laughs) yeah, and I was like, oh, and then I rediscovered her and I fell down this Celine Dion hole about four days ago and I haven't quite emerged out the other side yet which includes for me a a Celine Dion hole oh yes I'm not yeah Uh, includes going and watching videos of her being insane on YouTube it's quite a lot of them because she is amusingly bonkers
1: she is I still have Tickets to see her for her show that was supposed to be. Oh my God, it's been
0: postponed like four April times now. April twenty
1: twenty, obvious yeah. reasons didn't happen, and then there's been various other things. I think it's just been postponed again. Yeah, it has. I'm never seeing her or getting that money back. Have, have I? you seen her before? No.
0: She is amazing live. I saw her in Manchester, and she had you know you know when you go to the airport, they have those like travelators. Yeah, yeah. She had those on. It was a stage in the middle, and she had those on all four corners around, like on the edge. And she'd have these dancers, and they'd like dance up. And they'd get onto the travelator and then they'd pose and they would just be like scooted around the edge of the stage. It's the most epic thing I have ever seen. And I may or may not have spent large portions of my life since recreating that at home. Wondered why you had four
1: travelators in your <laughs> flat. It no, it's, it's quite sadder absurd. than that.
0: I just shuffle along. Anyway, so this week we've got a guest. We do. Uh, so actor, stand-up comedian, activist, writer, Dean Carthel is with us. Welcome.
2: Hello. Hello. And
0: I said it correct, right? You did. Amazing. So I first saw Dean in his one-man show at Above the Stag. Mm-hmm. Uh, rest dead, in Peace. Rest in Peace uh, at the appropriately named <laughs> Dead mm-hmm. Named, mm-hmm. which was an amazing show that I spoke to you about yeah. afterwards. And I was like, we have to book this person and then booked you for queer comedy club Mm -hmm. um so tell us a little bit about that first how that came about because that was really like that was written there like in a week
2: two weeks um so i was in new york for the pandemic um and i was coming back and sort of wondering what am i doing with my career because my industry doesn't exist anymore Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. so this was i think like april may 2021 so we were starting to come out and above the stag had the idea for the contact season which is give performers slash theater companies two weeks, all the space, all the resources they need, and then they have a week long run, at no cost to them. Amazing. Um, which was crazy. Yeah. So I got this off a Facebook post where a friend, because a friend of mine was doing another show that sadly got canceled because they got COVID, um, but they were like, they're looking for one more act. If you wow, got a So show. you were
0: the replacement. I actually. was a replacement. Wow.
2: No, no, not for them, but somebody else had dropped out just before. Mm. And they were like, we need, like, they need one more in the season. So I just wrote an email um, saying all the things I did. And then also, if you have a coffin, I have a show.
0: So you already had the concept for the show?
2: Yes. Well, I, I, because I had, so basically the conceit of the show, it's called Dead Named, because dead name is a word in the trans community to refer to your legal name slash birth name slash the name your parents gave you. Um, And... I've always found that word not the most helpful or maybe healthy because maybe we shouldn't use suicidal language and the very conceit of our existence. But that's a whole show. (laughs) Um, But basically it went with the joke of, um, well, everyone keeps saying I'm dead as a trans person. Why haven't I had a funeral? So it's a trans person throwing Mm -hmm. their own funeral and then coming sort of around to the idea of I'm not actually dead. No one died. Um, But going through that, mixing in Irish myths um, relating to the character's grandmother and then also talking about that character's mother specifically. So I spent the first two days of the project looking up really transphobic parents and then basically taking the most vile things they said about their child and making it into a long monologue. Including a woman who said she wished her child was really dead because it would be easier for her than to have a trans child so it's a comedy show (laughs) I think it was funny it is funny it It is
0: funny it is a comedy show it's so moving but yet really funny as well it's yeah it's really good it's really really good if you ever get the chance to see it you should
1: can I ask a question so when you're writing and when you're having to read those things Mm -hmm. and process them does it hit even if it's not yeah how do you stop it how do you keep yourself up i think and positive or
2: so i've actually spent basically since the pandemic which i'm sure wasn't a healthy decision that i made um working on a secret project about transphobia and homophobia to where i've kind of infiltrated some of their most mm. abhorrent groups so every day i read oh, stuff gosh, like yeah. that uh i'm not uh, yeah i Uh, I'm starting to feel the effects of it now. Like It's starting to manifest. Um, But I think just being a queer person, there is an armor that you've built up from childhood against those things. And I was lucky enough, so I was staying in London for the the two-week process. And I mean, I would just call friends that day and go, I need to go to dinner with some friends. I need Mm, friendship. I need to be around people. My family's in New York, but I'd be calling my parents and genuinely saying thank you for loving me. Yeah. Um, Because part of the show because i can't really make a show about my trans experience necessarily um because it was good yeah Um, (laughs) you know what i mean like nobody wants a a queer show where your parents love you
0: yeah it has to be some tragedy yeah
2: Yeah, like i think i say in the show they want tears they want drama um because because the the monologue with the mother comes in when i talk about when you come out there's always there's two things people ask when did you know such how did you know and what did your parents say yeah um and they never want oh they were cool with it
0: That's yeah they're disappointed what they're when they get that yeah right. and yeah. it's like
2: there's actually yeah. a phenomenon now where we have queer kids coming out in our world which is still we have a lot of problems but it is much better than when we were young and there's this weird phenomenon of they're upset when their parents are cool with it wow because because it's been built up in society yeah, they're built yeah. expecting
0: it to be this big dramatic been so thing.
2: stressed yeah. so stressed about it and they're like i like do you watch coming out videos on youtube i used to it breaks me because not like, anymore you, but like you know that moment when the parent goes what's wrong and they just start crying and you feel you can your own heartbreak it.
0: oh it's painful yeah
2: oh and you're like no it's okay honey no um yeah. but yes there there are kids who are just very because they've they're a young and don't necessarily know how to moderate their emotions properly, but they built it up to but also so they,
0: they think that the cut that coming out is the destination.
2: Yeah.
0: As opposed to really just the beginning of a journey.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and when you, when you get older, bless you for thinking we're the same age. <laughs> um, <laughs> when you get older, you realize that like, that was just the first step. Yeah. And that there's like, there's a lot of other stuff. Um, and it's great when that first step is supported and positive and, yeah, unfortunately it isn't for everybody. But like yeah. you say, the stories that people are more interested in seeing, I guess, are ones that have to. I, I bet that, then that goes for all things, doesn't it? Yeah. Nobody just wants to watch a, yeah. you know, just a happy show. There's got to be something in there.
2: So it was weird writing dead named because I knew, because my relationship with my birth name is different to somebody whose parents used it as a weapon against them yeah. and like tainted their name. Yeah. And it makes me really angry that people have done that.
0: But of course, there is a reminder that everybody's on a different journey. Yeah. And so we all have, we've spoke about this before yeah. on the pod, haven't we, where everybody's own individual experience with their sexuality and their existence in the world and how they've moved through the world influences how they feel about different terms mm. and how it's okay to interact with them and, and things like that, doesn't
1: it? Yeah, absolutely. And that, obviously, we are a community and the community is within that community, but the idea that therefore there's a monolithic experience within that is so, not true, and it gets quite difficult and dangerous i think when that is sort of presented or when people are seen as oh well you're speaking on behalf of we can only ever speak on behalf of ourselves
0: well i mean as as a cis white gay male i speak for the whole lgbt community as <laughs> we know and <laughs> my <laughs> happiness is the measure that we use for how everybody else is getting on so
2: yeah, yeah. And if you're fine we're cool well, yeah, yeah
0: i'm glad i can be of service to you all <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, anyway, <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> I hope that came across as ironic. Yeah. So you've just watched uh, the cancellation of David yeah. Ian. Not uh, before time. No,
2: you'll be fine. Yeah,
0: good. Um, <laughs> so so uh, that's the first question. This Go time. on then.
1: So uh, what, what, tell us about the word mediocre and what it means to you.
2: I think mediocre does get a bad rap. And I think it's just meh. You know what I mean? It's not... The worst thing we've ever seen, and I think when it comes to things that are mediocre, they're not so bad, they're good again, Um, Mm. most of the time. I think there's, just talk about, like, queer art, because, like, most minorities, when we make art, we have to be exceptional, we're not allowed to Mm. be mediocre. Yeah. Because, like, if you make a, a queer film and it flops, it's like, well... That's, there's no reason to make another one I
0: went to see bros yeah just at the weekend and uh a couple of people were like well what are you doing this weekend and I said oh I'm going to see bros um and they're like oh I've heard terrible things and I was like well first of all I have also heard terrible things which by the way I do not think apply because I thought it was brilliant yeah uh, I, I loved I every second of it I cried I genuinely thought it was moving and funny and But I was like, I feel like it's really important for me to go and see this at the cinema. Yeah. Because I want to spend money so that that gets registered Mm. rather than just watching it when it comes out on TV, which I will do. Yeah. Um, But like when Netflix did that, did the Christmas movie, um, whatever that was with Jennifer Coolidge last year, I was like, I'm watching this even if I didn't want to because the the number needs to be registered. Yeah. Because, like you say, uh, but also because we wait so long because there's such limited representation, we, and we, when we we, were then so quick to criticize it because it doesn't represent exactly us as opposed to being like, well, this is one experience within our community Mm. and let's lift that up. Have you seen? Yeah. Oh yeah. And you liked
2: it. I did. I think it was, I think it it had a lot of pressure to like a lot of commercial queer things to tread the line of being for the out group. Yeah. So like when it comes to making things, there's the out group and then there's the in group and you kind of have to choose who you're making it for. Who you're doing it for. And sometimes it is this is to educate people and to normalize our existence, not to necessarily talk about like the chem sex scene and why that's dangerous to our community. Yeah. (laughs) Like that movie would be much harder to make to talk about the real
0: Yeah, a mainstream studio is not gonna be doing that.
2: Let's let's get two hot looking white guys who aren't necessarily that effeminate. Yeah. Uh, like Billy's not the machoist man but, he, but he's not but he's
0: not that effeminate he's no, not that effeminate no.
2: and because like, even like the con—the concept of he was the effeminate gay going after the bro yeah it's
0: kind of ridiculous when he, yeah, yeah I'm like, he's not
2: femme <laughs> yes. yeah. we could have gone harder on that um, but no anyway, I think it was just a really nice Moving thing, and then all the scenes with the the advocacy, and you're just like, yeah, I've been in that group, I've been in that yeah. room.
0: Yeah, I could recognize a lot of the stuff in it, and and I I just recognize it for what it is, which is a a, a a mainstream movie made by a mainstream Hollywood studio. Yeah, with an entirely queer cast about a queer story,
2: and so many queer people work so hard for so many years yeah. to get that done.
0: Yeah, yeah, like, I think like it normal be.
2: movies take so long and so hard to make a queer movie
0: yeah yeah
2: like i'm sure when they pitched they were like this is a fucking long shot we are not <laughs> they're not gonna let us make this
0: i actually the song that features at the mm. end um i actually i thought it was great i really loved it i've read some stuff online quite critical of it um but uh love is not love i think it's called yeah uh i and i just it's really like i mean that is an interesting message anyway isn't it about well love is love yeah okay we won't <laughs> get into that there's not enough time um but, again, it's about polishing us and making us presentable for a heteronormative society, isn't it?
2: Yeah. And it's, so, it's sort of like the baby steps. Yeah. It's a concession. It was a concession, but I think, you know, they had fun with it. Yeah. Queer people got money. Yeah. I'm never mad at that. I
0: agree. <laughs> <laughs> we
2: also point out that James
1: Corden wasn't in it. Because <laughs> <laughs> so well, it
0: was an entirely eight. queer cast, yeah. so he doesn't get in. I, I know. I've, Thank God.
2: Yes. <laughs> James Corden, I find him so interesting. Talking about mediocre, I find him fucking.
0: Is he the is he the definition of mediocre for you?
2: Well, no, I just find it weird because, like, obviously everything come out like he's he's shitty to people who he thinks he has power over. But like when I moved here seven years ago, there was always there was already such a hatred of him, mm-hmm. and nobody could tell me why they hated him. Oh, you asked
0: me, I think, just a couple of weeks ago.
2: Yeah, I was like, why do people hate him more than genuine? Like yeah. sexual criminals in our industry. I was like, <laughs> no, yeah. I was a bit like, what has he done? And it seems like almost retroactively, people go, Well, I heard he's now shaking people. I'm like, but you didn't know. You didn't that know that before yeah. you didn't know you just hate and maybe you just smelled it on him. I don't know. I don't know if it was a self-fulfilling prophecy where everyone hated him, so he became a dick. I don't know. I, yeah. I'd love to I'd love to interview James Corden and talk about why England hates him. He
1: has said him he became it wasn't an overnight success because anyone who's an overnight, or very few people actually are, but he became successful very young, very quickly. Yeah. And he says that he went, I don't think he uses the phrase off the rails, but, and got too full of himself and too big of himself. And so he was drunk into industry dudes and all the rest of it. So I think there's some quite high, I can't remember. You see, yeah, I'm doing classically. So I think there was that. So I think he then made himself in again. But I think that some of it is lingering that. So there's bound to be
2: some jealousy, but, but like, I think. But like even there, his worst crime is being a dick.
0: Yeah. I do think there's, like, one of the things that we're really big on here is we like someone to be successful and then... Pull them down. Like, to be disappointed at how successful they are. Yeah. Right. And so I think becoming big in America, like, takes him onto such a different yeah. level, like when he was yeah. just on BBC Two over here or whatever, and then all of a sudden... So
2: do you think it was all jealousy? Possibly.
0: We, we really like to tear down successful people.
2: Wonder as well,
1: and I've got no knowledge about it, because he didn't look like the traditional, mm. because he was big, basically whether that was part of it as well he didn't conform so maybe there was some fat shaming body shaming thinking about it that how dare you be successful you see now I'm the one who made the shitty comment about him at the beginning and now I'm feeling guilty about it still don't like him I mean he's still a dick he's
2: now a dick like he's a villain now yeah Um, but I it's just now it's justified (laughs) but
0: now we don't know why we felt like that before but
2: I'm genuinely curious where he was genuinely like isolated by people Mm.
0: I'm
2: sure he was bullied as a child and I I'd like to, I'd like to interview him about his journey okay. and how he mm. became this way. I think he could have been saved. Yeah.
0: Is it too late now?
2: I think it's, I think it's too late. I think he's been, it's that thing of the kid who gets so bullied that they turn into that a they bully. They become the bully. Yeah. And you're just like. Yeah, that's right. And at that point you're like, I get it, but damn, stop. Yeah. He can afford the therapy, I think so, or whatever it takes. Yeah. It's, it's like, I, I used to be the kid who would like, cause I was really bullied. I would like sit with the people who had no one to sit with. And then it, it'd take you two days to go. Oh, this is why no one's. The yes. You. That's sad. Yeah. That's sadder.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm that person. Um, <laughs> what do you love that everyone else thinks is mediocre?
2: I am here to spread the good word of Diana the musical. <laughs> <laughs> Diana, Princess die, what died? Diana yeah. the Musical. The
0: one that is on Netflix.
2: The one that's on Netflix because it it's not on Broadway anymore. <laughs> it had 33 performances. <laughs> he got 33, 33 days. 33, Did you see it on Broadway? No, Broadway. no I didn't. Just I on Netflix. Just on Netflix. Oh, my God. is I, the age Jesus was when he died. Just I think saying. it's related. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Diana, so Diana the Musical, the story of Princess Diana told through musical is... I think they should have won the Tony for costumes. I'm going to say I don't... I don't You know, believe that's a hot take. The the costume changes were absolute craftsmanship, and they got every. If anybody's
0: listening to this on a on the (laughs) on a podcast app, he's actually making eye contact with a camera. Yeah, that's how passionate. (laughs) No, I need
2: you to understand. They should have won the Tony for that. Nothing else,
0: just that. Um. So, what about the uh, uh, it being a bit distasteful? No, not not a problem.
2: Um, do you mean to the royal family?
0: Well, just to, like... The people currently... To the people's princess, I guess. The
2: people's... But I don't... She was the people's princess. I think she's of the people. The people now own her. I. So I'm American. Yeah. And what year did she die? 90? 97. 97. So I was two years old. And I... So I don't remember her. The first thing I learned about her was that the Queen killed her.
0: <laughs> For legal reasons. <laughs> not, not, not true. Played, but no, but this
2: is my point. Is... <laughs> We will never know who Diana truly was. It doesn't exist anymore. The people who knew who she really was are like sworn to secrecy because they're within the inner circle of the royal family and they're in in the the upper classes. So we will never know. But because there's been a renaissance of depictions of her and because like everyone is on her side, especially Americans Mm -hmm. are like, we are on Diana's side. Charles was always wrong. It is switched. So much in her favor, we will never know who she really was. She could have been an evil bitch. We'll never know. Well, know. it doesn't matter anymore. She's basically a fictional character at this point, yeah. even though she was a real human.
1: And I think there's probably something about being that sort of a member of the royal family that is fiction, even at the time, because it's who you are. You are a.
0: It's a presentation. It's to a presentation, the
1: world. Yeah. isn't it? It's a paper it's thin, one dimensional,
2: carefully crafted.
1: Yeah, that public. there is no. It's almost deliberately designed not to give any. You know that whole thing about the Queen never smiled because if she smiled at one thing and looked like yeah. she was having a good time, then good time, good time, Liz. Um, and <laughs> um, that's what they called her. Yeah, we'll, we'll never know. <laughs>
0: um, uh, yeah. So, more specifically, then, rather than yes. Diana, so actually, I was in Vegas just a couple of weeks ago, and um, the newest thing on the Vegas Strip is a Diana exhibition. Jesus and Christ. <laughs> the English. We love her so much. We, we were like, well, this is. Not in good taste, but the Americans were... Did
1: you go anywhere? No,
0: absolutely not.
1: What was... Well, you won't know. Was it actual artefacts?
0: Were you genuinely Um, offended? I wasn't offended, but I don't understand... we've had... Can I answer? Yeah, sorry. (laughs) Go on, then. I wasn't offended, but um, I don't really get the... I don't need to go and look at artifacts that someone has Mm -hmm. bought or are like curated together. And I'm very aware of the fact that um, she has family that are still alive and that are also real people Mm -hmm. um, and that are affected by things like that. And so some presumably utterly random person making money out of what, at this point, as you say, is legend, essentially, but that affects their lives. I just, I think, I think that's a bit distasteful.
1: Apologies for interrupting, David. Um, I will never do that again. I will do my lines later. You're a liar. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, Kensington Palace is then Diana Exhibitions with all the costumes and things, like costumes, outfits,
0: dresses. I think, I think that's different because it comes from within. So, for example, when you die, if I had you stuffed and stood in the corner of the room and charged entry, I think that would be okay because I'm connected to you. But if the guy who runs this studio decided to... To do it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where this is going. you
1: really want me hanging around?
0: I wouldn't be. It gradually would be decomposing. Not anymore. in the corner. Well, if you were stuffed, you well, wouldn't be decomposing. i you going to spend some and decent money I do, on it. I do have you around gradually decomposing in the corner <laughs> at the moment. So. As I've said before, and we'll
2: say again, you're a very lucky man. But anyway, back to your day, end of the musical. I'm our as I, I, At the end of the year, when my music, um, you know, streaming, you know,
0: oh yeah like your year in summary my my
2: year in summary for music comes up three out of the top five will be from diana the musical are you kidding no i can show you right now on my phone it's they're absolute bops (laughs) a lot of the songs are bad five of them are absolutely excellent and they actually made like saying dead
0: serious about this i thought this. no i am absolutely
2: (laughs) there um so there's a song called snap click bop which is just sort of setting up the foreshadowing of the paparazzi attacking a 19 year old diana who's just starting to date charles and she's like can you leave me alone and they're like oh you're such a bitch you won't let us take pictures
0: oh, when she drove a polo
2: and it has um it has a line uh we know that your aim is to be fucking famous so this is part of it wow it's yeah
1: i'm now sort of distracted by you talking about the polo and thinking about her life through cars which ends with a white fiat doesn't it but um and you think it? The poem, is it? It's the worst thing that happened to it, it wasn't? Um, but more seriously, I think it interesting. it's interesting. It's the Marilyn Monroeification of her life is mm-hmm. what's happening to it, and in the same way that whatever the myth, the, the legit, Marilyn
0: Monroeification—what a phrase!
1: Yeah, yeah, that
0: is epic. But, it,
1: it, and they—and I'm wondering, are there any men basically what this has been done to? There's something about James Dean. Yeah, yeah, if that's fair. <laughs> yeah, so you have to die young, don't you?
0: Yeah, it
2: was the 27 Club.
0: Yeah, the, yeah. What about JFK?
2: Yeah, well, I think that's also related to Marilyn Monroe.
0: Yeah, I suppose. Because, yeah. like,
2: we know he's a cheat. <laughs> we yeah. know JFK cheated on Jackie. Mm. Like, he was kind of a scumbag. Like, like we love Camelot, but he was, a, he was kind of a scumbag. Mm. But I don't know if he's as...
1: I don't think as many things can be projected onto them because I think Marilyn with Diana probably james dean as well people can pretty much project whatever they want mm. which is why they're such great muses isn't it whether it's a musical whether
0: it's the i suppose it is to do with them yeah. dying young then because they haven't reached their full potential so you can then project other things on if they yeah. live longer
1: yeah you know you more know about more about them. about them yeah so they need they need to be that one-dimensional
0: thus that was less good so this what we're saying is this will never happen to betty white because we already know how epic she is we know yes. every like there's, yeah. there's no space to project anymore I mm-hmm. would love to see Betty White the musical though we should do that
2: oh my god yeah I will I will just say there's um, a show on tour in the UK uh, by uh, an actor named Linus Carp, which is called Diana the untold and untrue story which is genuine treason it's an excellent excellent show you, are you, do you just spend your days treason? watching Diana based no Linus is, Linus is my good friend um, okay. <laughs> but looks like Emma Corrin did in The Crown really like, it's a bit scary how much oh, he looks wow. like a, a young Diana. Um, oh, okay. Um, but, yeah, so <laughs> I'm just pitching, I'm, I'm yeah. pitching somebody else's show. But, yeah, yeah, so in the same way, taking sort of the, um, the legend of Diana to the extreme, and I won't spoil it, but it's what if Diana had lived Wow! I wonder,
0: Again I must- with the eye contact, by the way. Everybody. I know.
2: <laughs> it's I know really where intense. my. I know you're even looking at me, and I can feel
0: how intense it is.
2: I'm a trained professional. I know where my lens lenses. <laughs> <laughs> I never do I
1: always look cross I've noticed. You do, because uh, I usually am. Um, um, oh, something else. I was going to say something else really intelligent now, but I've forgotten it. Probably couldn't have been that good then, can it?
0: Uh, good. I um, watched Diana
2: the musical on Netflix. Is it still
0: on Netflix? Oh yeah. Okay. Well, they can't I'll afford to weekend. take it down. They can't afford to take it. It's the only it down. way
2: that production will make any money. Oh, I see. Because it's get closed after thirty three days.
0: <laughs> because so it it got closed because it was it didn't get good reviews though, did it? No,
2: so it's not a good show. This
0: might be the first.
2: This is why one it's mediocre. Where
0: I'm like, yeah, okay, everybody else does think this is mediocre.
2: No, it or is mediocre. Bad. No, it is. It, it's ridiculous. It's camp. Um. It doesn't quite stick the landing. Because the whole time you're watching it, I will spoil some things.
0: Oh, I mean, I think we know what happens. Because
2: the music... <laughs> well, no, you don't. No, what? you don't. No? You're getting, you're getting towards the intermission and you're going, are we doing AIDS? Oh. Is there a musical number about AIDS? Wow. And then at the end, you're getting towards the end and you're like, are they going to kill her? Is she going to die? Or are we going to stop just before she dies? Or is this going to end? She
0: must die, surely, otherwise... Okay, fine. You've sold it. We're gonna watch. <laughs> uh, the view, do you know mean. what Netflix on Monday is gonna be like? Why are the doing figures? Why have they gone through the roof? No, I, um, in love... the trade, we call that the mediocre gay effect.
2: Yeah, the bump. Um, but what I what I love about mediocre things is it gives me so much hope in my life. Because if Diana the musical can be made, all my dreams can come true.
1: Oh, that's you know what I mean. That's nice. I it? can
2: make. I can make. Something a little just a smidge better than Diana the musical, which means I deserve funding. We need to get that on a fidget map.
0: I hope one day I can make something a smidge better than <laughs> Diana, Diana the musical. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what we'll is mediocre about you?
2: Um, I don't know if it's mediocre, it's just hurtful to people. I don't remember people's names. Oh, David, I've seen all. Um. Like well, I mean, Even my good friends, I don't remember their last names sometimes.
0: We've done a gig that I was emceeing where I forgot every single act's name, including all of the ones that I know personally.
2: Yep, you did. You did. My job often
1: when um, David and I are out and about, I was going to say, doing a Royal Progression or something, but when
0: we're... Is to write down the names of people. Or talk to do that classic thing,
1: thing, thing that you see in Veep or everywhere or with Back <laughs> to the Royal Family, just stand behind and just, just whisper the name because I can just see him... The panic in his eyes yeah. of someone who he'll know really really well
0: when i'm emceeing you know like if you do like a bit of audience work and you would uh, and you're like, what's your name she's still at the back writing down their names so that when i come off before i go back on she can tell me what their name was mm-hmm. again we've even toyed with the idea of me having um stickers stickers and i'll write people's names on them and then stick them on them and make okay. a whole bit out of it but i'm concerned that i can't spell
2: right like even you you would fuck even that up yeah okay Yeah, i I share
0: this it's quite traumatic i had it two
2: nights ago so i often work at the pleasance theater as a Mm -hmm. technician that's how i make money because comedy's not doing it someone needs that someone needs money um and part of it is i do the tech but i also check people in when they come into the the theater so i'm on the door yeah and i see a lot of people that know me you're like and i ha- and i but the problem is is cuz i i don't know their name but i have to ask their name and i go Ooh. so what's, I, I say so what's the name on the ticket and they're like you know me and i'm Ooh. like yeah so what's the name on the ticket Ooh. i it, it's it's easier um just in person like at gigs cuz i'll just say it's nice to see you again yeah yeah and then it's on them because they've forgotten they've met me, See, even if they've never met me.
0: I de- My problem is that I, <laughs> can, feel bad. I combine the problem of not being able to remember names with very often not being very good with faces either. Mm-hmm. So just entirely blank as to whether I've seen you before or not, which is very awkward.
1: I think it's also when you've been performing as well, so if you've been coming off from a gig or whatever, your head's not necessarily in a place where you, I can sit and process information. And I think it's that thing, of, oh, this is going to sound really arrogant, but you've been still on stage and if there's people in the audience who feel they know you, but you're one mm. person.
2: There's lots of them. I'm not explaining that, Faith. No, I get they're what you mean. They but good. But you're too good for them. Yeah. That's basically. exactly what she's yeah. saying. That's how people feel, is they've not made an impression, and I don't know how to tell them they're right. Yeah, they haven't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Try harder. I mean,
0: yeah, stand out. More. But,
2: I, but I think it's a high bar for me to make an impression, because I will just forget people I should know. <laughs> like I should, I've stayed at people's homes and then seen them somewhere else, and because they're out of context.
0: Yeah. It's the context, yeah. right? I'm just like, yeah.
2: I I think a big kindness
1: we could all do for each other is just this. Wear name badges. Yes. Or just, there's an awful lot of things for everyone to remember these days. There's a lot going on in the world. And just always say your name. And don't take umbrage if someone has forgotten your name. Because it's not that they don't, well, sometimes it might be they don't care. But it's not proof they don't care. It's just that they've got a busy Um, brain.
2: Another out, though, is just say, oh, yeah, we follow each other on social media. It's an out for both of you to not really know who you are.
0: Yeah, all could Because you'll be like, I recognize you.
2: We're mutuals on Twitter. Yeah, And people will be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense.
0: Yeah, that's how I recognize your face. That's okay, you. tell the people where we can find you and what shows you've got going on and what you're doing and all of that.
2: Uh, several things. So I have two shows on at the Vault Festival in London. Uh, so Generation Y, a hilarious hour about the collective unprocessed trauma of the millennial generation, full title. Um, I'm versus Ash from Pokemon the whole time. You get a Pokemon card if you come. Um, it's on at the Network Theatre uh February 3rd and 4th at 9 45 p.m and then 9 15 p.m because that's how the vault festival works yep. that's a very fun hour and then um uh, promises of grief which is a very sad show that makes me cry on trains all the time oh god um so come to make it worth the trauma that I've been through to make this show um and that is on the 7th and 8th of February um downstairs the glitch
0: you've got a super busy first week of February
2: yeah super busy and then those two shows and dead name will go to edinburgh fringe
0: great and where can we Africa. find you online
2: so at dean cothill at all the things i've got really got that branding on lock and what about website dean com. amazing you've got it all down. i mean <laughs> you got a name like mine you got a lock it down. Got, <laughs> right.
0: thank you so much for coming that okay. was really good uh you can find me online on instagram at mr david Ian, or you can check out my website at davidian.co.uk
1: and you can find me on Instagram at KTS Dale. Thanks for listening.
0: See you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Mediocre Gay, the podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps other people find the show.
1: Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Mediocre Gay Pod. Or share your mediocre secrets with us on Mediocre Gay pod at gmail.com.